Hello friends. Today, Kristen Cromwell of Two Strikes Theatre Collective talks to us about what it means to be a black woman behind the scenes and on stage in the theatre today. Hello. You're listening to the Women of All Action, Wisdom and Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Dillard. The Women of All podcast is a podcast that celebrates the everyday woman who in her everyday activities has exhibited action when needed, wisdom as required, and excellence as a routine to make life better for herself, her family, and or her community. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Welcome. We have Kristen Cromwell with us today. I'm just going to let Kristen share with us who she is and what she does. Kristen, can you take a moment to share with my listeners what it is you do? Yeah. Hi, I'm an educator. I work for Baltimore County Public Schools. I actually just finished my eighth year with Baltimore County Public Schools as an English and theater educator. I also work in the Baltimore theater community. I've been an actor probably for at least the last 20 years. Uh, And then I kind of moved into directing, have done a little bit of playwriting. So I've been active at least in the last 10 years in the Baltimore theater community um, doing as much as I possibly can. And I also really enjoy working with different arts organizations. So I'm on the board of the Strand Theater Company and also the Arts Education in Maryland Schools, which is a really great organization that makes sure that students all across the state of Maryland have access to the art, not just theater, but also you know dance and fine arts and music. Basically, I really want to ensure that everybody understands how big of an impact the arts have in not just students' lives, but also in adults' lives. Well, that sounds very exciting, but also important because the arts are the first thing to go when schools lose their funding. Kristen, I've seen some of the work that you're involved in, and I know that you have a passion for African-American women being represented in theater. Can you tell us a bit about the Two Strikes Theater Collective? Yeah, so Two Strikes Theater Collective was something that started, it was an idea in maybe 2018. And in 2019, we officially launched and we decided that we were going to focus and prioritize Black women's voices in theater. One of the things that my fellow board members and I noticed about being in the Baltimore theater community is we were tokenized, essentially. It was really difficult for us to get into positions where we felt as though we had any power. So we decided that we wanted to make the, you know, kind of make a table for ourselves in that sense. And we kind of say burn the table everywhere else because the table is just like, it's a little janky. Like some of the legs are short and, you know, there aren't enough seats. So we decided to burn that table and make our own. And we wanted to have the opportunity to not just make original productions, which we've been doing a lot of since last year, The pandemic is when we really took off because we decided we are going to take this time to make a name for ourselves and bring Black women in that we haven't worked with yet and make sure that our name gets out there. We decided to have an original virtual play festival. Virtual theater has been all the rage since March 2020. So we decided to have a virtual play festival in October of 2020. The Brown Sugar Bake Off, which we're doing again in this October, we just got awarded a grant for it. I think I can say it, make it public, but we just got grant money for that, which is great. 
the idea essentially was anytime there's a, a play festival, I never really felt like there were play festivals that were aimed for black women writers and that they weren't really supported in the theater community. Another reason why we wanted to make Two Strikes Theater Collective. And I always have seen many black women poets, you know, poetesses and, you know, black women novel writers, but I feel like I could always only name maybe like five or six black women playwrights on one hand. So I was like, what, what, how can we make sure that they feel supported? We had a call and we decided to make it a nationwide call, not just in Baltimore. We decided to have a workshop a month or two before the deadline for submissions, because one of the things that worried me is that there was always gatekeeping. There was essentially like just not the training there in order to support black women playwrights. So wanted to make sure that there was a session that we had where we talked about story structure and what are the what are the ingredients? How do you put them into a play? Have a beginning, middle and end. How do you have interesting characters? Um, how do you speak to your experiences as a black woman, which really isn't something that's showcased on the stage? And then turn that into a play, a 10 minute play. And some of them ended up being 15 minutes or 18 minutes, which we were like, okay. So we, we uh, essentially just, we wanted to make sure that all 10 plays spoke to different experiences of black women. And then we ended up seeing that they had so many common threads. Like there was, there were stories about discrimination in school or discrimination in the workplace or, you know, how difficult it is to just essentially live <laughs> just like, you know, just, and, and like kind of like the survival tactics of being um, a black woman in America. So that is what the Brown Sugar Bake Off ended up being. It was wildly successful. It was really great because a lot of our uh, friends supported us in the Baltimore theater community and then beyond because we had submissions from Atlanta. We had submissions from Florida. We had submissions from like everywhere which was really, really great. And I think one of the reasons was because we don't really see a lot in theater where it's like, Black women, please tell us, tell us about, you know, what, what a story that you want to tell. So yeah, that, that's, that's been the big thing. We just had a Juneteenth celebration, essentially doing the same thing last weekend. And again, we were calling for donations, but really we just wanted the opportunity for, um, in our playwright showcase, we have a playwrights collective where we since February have been working with um, black women playwrights trying to get their stories up and, and we workshop them. We talk about them. We cry, we laugh, we, because so many of the stories are so deeply personal and there are things where you, you, you hear about it every once in a while, but to actually have somebody say, well, yeah, this actually happened to me. is very, very different and very impactful. And that's what we strive to, to continue to do is you know, make sure that they have an outlet um, and their story is prioritized. Brown Sugar Bake Off. First yeah. of all, I love the name. <laughs> I love the name. Not only was this a competition, but you also provided training on how they should write a play? Yes. Yeah. So as an educator, I, was, I knew going into this, I wanted my position to be like, let's make sure nobody can ever say, well, I didn't know how to write a play or I've, well, I've never directed before. And we're still working on those other production through kind of um, positions like, okay, well, how can we do like director training? Because a lot of times it's very difficult to get your foot in the door as a director in theater. I've been very lucky 
Um, and, but also like designers, like they're very, you hear a lot about, you know, costume designers and hairstylists and makeup artists. A lot of black women in theater actually have to do their own hair. And it's like, well, yeah, we'll figure out something to do with it. And it's like, well, no, I need to plan in advance. Like, What do you want my hair to look like? <laughs> or do you have a hairstylist that's maybe trained in doing those things? So eventually we would love to get to that point, but essentially yeah, one day we would love to have, Hey, are you interested college student? Or maybe, you know, somebody older. If you've ever been interested in, in doing hair and costumes or directing or light design or sound design, um, please join our team because we will do whatever it takes to help train you because it's not fair that the limited access to those positions still exists. And now it's, it's kind of being called out, but it's going to take work on our part, everybody's part, to make sure that everybody gets that equitable access to the training before we can have a much more diverse pool of those production positions to pull from. I'm always surprised by people who are surprised that we don't have enough representation. We don't have enough people to do hair or makeup or anything. It's ridiculous that we don't have the representation in those different fields of theater. How popular was the Brown Sugar Bake Off? As in, are there a lot of Black writers, directors, female for theater? I think that they are there. I think that it's really, like, I honestly didn't know that I wanted to be a director until I kind of sat and said, you know, I think I need my imagination. Reading plays was always my favorite thing to do. Like, I love novels, but with plays, it's different in that you have stage directions and things, but you can do whatever you want to kind of create this world. And I think that, again, it kind of comes with not only the skills of, you know, hey, I'm telling you actor to do this, but also you are kind of the captain of the ship, essentially. And talking with a lot of women, honestly, I think it starts in, in like high school and college, just that whole idea of like organization and being able to delegate and like have those like leadership skills. It's one thing to walk into a room, but I think also the reason why white men have been able to dominate this field is because they've always had, you know, that education and that like they have that yes. confidence of like being able to walk into a theater and say, yeah, I've only directed this many shows, but yeah, you should hire me because, oh, and I know that guy and I know this guy. So also the network and the support. I think that there are so many black women directors out there. We just don't know them yet. And like, they have been like me, like they've been imagining like how they would put on a show, but they don't have the, they don't have the education, maybe like the resume to back it up, but they definitely have the, the confidence, but it's, it just doesn't equal as much or it's just, it doesn't, it's not worth as much as, you know, the, the white man that can walk into a theater space and say, yeah, like you, you should give this to me. Right. right. Sure. Because maybe they have the degree from Northwestern or Princeton or whatever. So I think that it's, we, we've been finding more and we've definitely been finding that, you know, a lot like started out like me as an actor and was like, you know, oh, like this would be really fun. Like I would like to do this. So we definitely, there's a huge call. Like if you've ever been interested, I used to want to direct music videos. I used to watch music <laughs> videos all the time and be like, that would be so fun to do that. Like, how do you get into that? And I was like, I'll just settle for theater. That's fine. So I got to, but it, it is, it's a lot of fun and it does, uh, it does really stretch your, your imagination. But it does take a lot of a lot of patience. You have to be a coach. You have to be a planner. You have to be all of these things. Uh, but uh, and you have to be a leader. And I think that one of the things 
that we are going to try and instill even more so, especially as we get back to in-person, everything is, well, what do you need from us? What can we give you in order to make you feel like you can do this? Like you can walk into any space and you can lead a production. They're definitely out there. We would love more if anybody listening wants to be, please yeah, reach out to us because I, I think that if you just had that support, um, then we would definitely be willing to give it to you. And that leads me to how do you promote yourselves? How do you let people know about you? Um, well, it was meant, I think everybody was on their phones at the beginning of 2020. It was like, well, what's going on? And then they kind of got on, on the Facebook. And when we put out the call, we were surprised um, but mostly like Facebook, it was Facebook, people reaching out and then also making sure that our followers, you know, tell everybody else on IG, we just started a Twitter page. We were intimidated by Twitter at first um, because it was like, okay, just, just words really. Um, so, but like social media has been a really, really huge help. And we were like playing with videos and, and all these different things, just kind of experimenting. Our executive director, Aladrian Wetzel, She's been really, really good at looking at metrics and seeing, you know, like who's responding to what. People want to interact with things because we haven't really been interacting with each other for so long. I know a lot of people are tired of Zoom plays, but like that was the most that we can do. Um, And just this idea of, well, how can I support? A lot of people were really open to supporting us. And just like to the idea that this is something that we are going to be doing. Because we thought a long time ago, do we just want to say Black woman or do we want to say, because in general, a lot of organizations are like BIPOC, right? They're like, no, not just Black. We also want Indigenous. We want people of color. And now with people of the global majority, like we want, yeah, all non-white people. And we were like, but mm, we're Black. Baltimore is very Black. And we definitely need that to be the priority because we, we never are, right? We owe it to ourselves to say, you know, this is what theater needs. This is what the community needs. This is what the country needs, what the world needs. Because Black people have definitely been just, just knocked down so many pegs. And like, so to prop ourselves up, it is time. It's beyond time. So I think that people have been responding really well to that. Like when they just see Black, it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, what, what do you do? Oh, not BIPOC. Okay. So just Black women. All right. And then trying to be inclusive of, you know, what, like what a woman means as well, because that is not, I think that also, I think within the, the community, um, that can also be exclusive. And you say, well, no, like you, you are not a woman. But I think that in the theater community alone, like there definitely needs to be more of an embracing, more of an education. I think that it's really important to say like, yes, like we embrace Black women. We know what a woman is. If you are a woman, like you, if you identify as a woman, then you are welcome here. So just being a welcoming, safe space to everybody. I think that everybody has been um, really open to that. So yeah, we've been really happy with that. Kristen, I am sitting here. I'm, I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm trying, I'm trying my <laughs> best not to interrupt, which is very difficult for me. But wow. Yes. Yes. You said so much there. I love that you said, no, we are Black women and that's what we're focusing on. That's what we know. Personally, it seems like we're kind of being acknowledged now, but along with everyone else. This is good because it is just focused on Black women. And I think that's fantastic. Man, I wish I had a lot more time to talk to you, but I'm extremely proud of you and what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. 
I just wanted to mention a few names just to see what your thoughts are about those names. All right. Let's go with Diane Carroll. Oh my goodness. So in research for the Cosby satires, um, that's going to be, and it's going to be virtually streamed. So even if you can't make it to Baltimore, they plan on streaming the performances. Um, so I, I saw her as Whitley's mom uh, in a different world and I'm watching her. I'm just like, she is so flawless. Like, why is she so beautiful and wonderful? Um, and she definitely is, you know, was a game changer. Just like, I think she absolutely just embodies everything that is just grace and, and talent. So um, I know that, yeah, later she had obviously had an earlier career, um, like before A Different World. And that's why Debbie Allen called her up and was like, we need you on this show. But uh, yeah, she, she is definitely someone who is an inspiration. It's not even just about winning awards. I think that also just about having, showing that black women can be dynamic on the stage and in front of a camera. She definitely has done that in her career. Next person, Audra McDonald. Oh yeah, so she she's like, I know like everybody's talking about Simone Biles as the goat, but she's the goat. <laughs> um, like the, the fact, again, with awards, but to win, you know, all of the, the to all the acting categories of Tony, I think that that's something when I was younger, I was like, like, how do you do that? Like, how do I do that? Um, but I think just to, for her, like I'm reading interviews with her, the fact that like she has that confidence that I was talking about earlier, like she definitely is like, I know that, that I'm good, but, and, but she's not like cocky about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So she, you can see like there's humility, but at the same time, like, but you see her on a stage and the fact that she's played Billie Holiday and the fact that she, you know, has done opera and the fact that she is like, she is some like every every little black girl should watch at least like five of the things that she's done at least because she she can do anything <laughs> she, she's magical talk about black girl magic Whoopi goldberg she is somebody that i grew up with everybody grew up with to, to go from you know the color purple to be a comedian to be like a, a groundbreaking comedian and then also do what she's doing now and like being very vocal and keep making sure that anything that she does is relevant and impactful. I think that that is something that always I can get behind, a role model that I aspire to be as well. Here's a name. I'm not sure if you're going to know this name because it's, it's pretty old, but we'll see. Vanette Carroll? No, I don't okay. know Vanette Carroll, the first African-American director <gasps> of a Broadway production. Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to look up. Look into it because she was the first one. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty cool. I thought so too. You've already spoken a lot about what you do and your passion. Can you tell me where do you think you got this ability just to be really brave? Oh, um, <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's like an oldest child thing, <laughs> like, and kind of essentially having to be a cruise director and like telling kids what to do. Um, I know in, in another interview, I did attribute it to like kind of playing with Barbies. I had to play with Barbies by myself because you know, my, my next two, my brothers and brothers did not want to play Barbies with me. So I remember a lot just kind of thinking of stories on my own and then being like, well, at some point I have to, I have to tell stories. Like I always have to be a storyteller. And then realizing that so much of teaching is acting, you have to improvise and you have to be on a, in the spotlight on a stage in front of students. You have to be willing to change 
the, the course of certain things if they don't go the way that you planned and you always have to be on. I think that it just at some point a long time ago, I decided that I, I'm going to be on somebody's stage, on somebody's camera, watching Family Matters. I'll never forget, like that show had a huge impact on me. And just like seeing like what you can do in, in a sitcom, like with black people, uh, with a black family, with two parents, no doubt. Right. And it was just, that was something that I, I saw, like that whole idea of it's important to show different black people and to make that a goal. I, I want to play different people. I want to show different stories. Like you, you can come from different backgrounds, something that is being said a lot like black people are not a monolith, right? We are, we definitely can, we can be different black women. Like I might decide to be, you know, one way on Wednesday and then another way on Friday. And that's completely fine. My hair might change, you know, like mind your business. Like I, I need you to understand that I am complex. Yeah. Like being, being able to do all that and explore that from a very young age I'm being given the opportunity. Thank you to mommy and daddy for buying me Barbies. Um, but, and then like, let me watch TV and study like different, different movies and I'm watching Turner classic movies and seeing like, oh, I wish that they would have let, you know, more black people in front of the camera, you know, in the, the golden age of Hollywood. Like imagine how different those stories would have been. And that it's not too late to tell those stories that we would have wanted to tell, you know, a hundred years ago. So yeah, I think that it just like, I was like, oh, if they can do it, why can't I do that? I, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I honestly don't. Well, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. I'm just <laughs> glad you found it. I'm glad it's yeah. there. If you could share a message with the Black theater community, what would that message be? Oh, that's a good question. I would tell the Black theater community to don't give up bringing people in. I think that don't be afraid to share. There was something of a, oh, well, they're, they're trying to take, you know, actors away from us. And, and it was just, I think that that was silly. I think that if you have a, a, a theater community, and that's what a community is, we have to be a community and we have to definitely keep reaching out and making sure that we bring as many people in as possible, because you never know who is hesitant to explore all of their artistic possibilities, their creativity. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be afraid to cast somebody because you think they're a little green, you know, they might not have enough experience. Um, you never know what they're going to be to you and your company in a year or, or five years. And I think that honestly, we do do a better job of that um, than some of the, the other theaters. Um, but I want us to make sure that we, we never stop, that we allow children and adults to explore all that they have, all that they want to, and that it's never too late to, to invite them in and and give them that support that they need. Beautiful, beautiful. Once again, yes, very nice. I know you're involved in a few things now, but can you tell us a little bit about your newest activity that maybe we can participate as in being audience members or whatever? Yeah, so um, the Juneteenth thing, so we're still accepting donations. You can still find the Juneteenth celebration from last weekend on YouTube and Facebook. If you follow us, um, we're just at TSTC Baltimore. So and we just got the grant for the second annual Brown Sugar Bake Off. Um, it will have ingredients. It's a bake off because we give the, the, our followers ingredients and the plays have to include those ingredients. We're going to allow for our followers to vote on what ingredients they think should be included in this year's call for um, play submissions um, in October. We're probably going to plan for later in October. 
Um, it, it, it probably will be virtual again. We're still a little hesitant to get into a space, but, but absolutely please buy tickets, please come out. Um, the Strand Theater Company, like I said, I'm on the board and they're the ones producing the Cosby satires that will be um, in person and also streamed virtually July 8th through July 11th. Okay. Um, so you can buy tickets at the Strand Theater Company's website for that. Definitely keep following us on social media. We'd love to stay active there and keep everybody posted. Please like things, please share things. <laughs> please just make sure, don't hesitate. If you can't donate, that's okay, but please feel free to share that donate link because <laughs> we are always, we wanna make sure that's another thing. We wanna pay all of our artists. That's something that the theater community hadn't done for a long time, but we wanna make sure actors get paid and designers get paid and directors get paid because everybody's time is is worth worth coin so we want to make sure that everybody gets it. <laughs> okay we like that what's one thing you wish you had known before you started on this path of being a black actor or black director i wish somebody would have told me don't mind your resume not having so many things on it or or this particular thing and and i would have felt more confident i would have felt more confident had I not felt like I was going into a play that was only looking for one black actor. I think that that's, that's unfair. And I think that we're, we're kind of starting to get away from that, hopefully even more so. There's still a lot of that out there, but I would have definitely told myself to audition for everything, to, to not limit myself to, oh, okay, well, they're looking for a black actress for this, um, or, or they say they're open to everything, but they probably don't mean me. Just like, just go, just go and audition. You never know who you're going to meet. And also, you know, read, read that play because even if you don't get cast in it, you can possibly do that play in the future as a director or you could be the sound designer for it. Keep reading, read as many plays as possible, audition for as many plays as possible, talk to as many people as possible because networking is so big, like not just in theater, but in everything. So you never know how that person is going to help you out in the future, you just send them a quick message or they might want to send you a message and think of you. Make, make sure that you, you keep those connections tight and just audition and have fun. Keep having fun. It's what you love to do. So it yeah. should be fun. Absolutely. It should be fun. What does it mean to you to be a woman of all action, wisdom, and excellence? It means that I can't just limit my glow or my reach to just women. I think that as a, as a mother of a son, I think that it's really important that he understand that women can be his role models as well. I've had so many women role models in my life. And I think that it's really important to understand the impact that we as women have and to be a role model for girls and boys so that they can say, I, I can do whatever I want, as big as I want or as small as I want for as long as I want, for as short as I want, I can try this out. And that's okay. And that also to teach like it's really okay to fail and that's something that I'm teaching Liam right now at six um, but I think that some people at you know 65 need to hear that as well like it is okay and you can pick yourself up and you can keep going and I think that honestly after the year 15 16 months however long it's been that we have been in it I think that if anything hopefully you have learned that lesson at least once and I think that we have to keep failing if we're ever going to learn, but it's really important that you, the only way that you can fail is if you do something. So I'm trying to show people, I think that what, 
what that means is that I have to show people that I am doing these things. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, it's okay. I just dust it off and try the next thing. Because I've definitely had failures, you know, as a playwright where I'm like, oh, I wish I could have done that better. Maybe I I didn't get the response that I wanted, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop. And, you know, I just maybe like go in and I direct something for a while. And like I'm acting for the first time in a while. I have to show people that I'm, I'm still doing and that I, I'm not going to just like cut ties off with something that I love because maybe something didn't go my way. So I want to be that role model for my son. I want to be that role model for everyone at some point, some point, maybe like Audra McDonald. <laughs> when they hear <laughs> Kristen Cromwell, they're like, oh, yes. Oh, she's oh, amazing. She never gave up. She's great. <laughs> well, I'm already saying that. Yes, here's Kristen hey. Cromwell. She's great. She never gave up. Thank you, Kristen, for being here with us today. You definitely are a woman of awe. Often people will look at that and think, oh, you have to be really old to be a woman of awe. But that's not true at all. It's not true at all. You just have to have a passion for something and go for it. Thank you very much for being here. I truly appreciate it. I wish you success in everything that you're doing. Please continue to let us know so that we can keep it posted on our social media avenues and we can help encourage and build up your following and hopefully bring in more Black directors and actors and actresses and hair stylists and everything in the theater. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You are very welcome. I hope to see you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on the Women of All Action, Wisdom and Excellence podcast. If you are a woman of awe or know someone who you think would be a good fit for the podcast, please contact me via email, womenofawe at adriandillard.com, or you can post to our Facebook page. Always remember to be the best you that you can be. That is the best path to excellence. I hope you can join us next week. Please don't forget to support us by subscribing and leaving a review.